This week on the Bizzlecast. Nathan Drake is the male recreation of Lara Croft. And it's really interesting it's the other way around in this situation. Let us talk about how ahead of its time both the Tomb Raider franchise, video game, and movie, and Angelina Jolie were in the 90s. It was the Indiana Jones game that was never made that we finally got. Because I'm playing this game, I'm like, someone's chasing me, I gotta get through this cabin, I've got something sticking out of my abdomen, oh my goodness, I'm gonna die! Look, I'm just gonna say it. Between how she's treated, her personality, the way they're filming it, and the whole high sprout, I'm your dad from the past. I'm getting a very Jin Erso vibe from this whole thing. And she looks so strong as well. You see her leaving the boat and yeah. she's just got muscles across her back. And I was just like, girl. The Eddie Redmayne special is you go in a movie with him and you win an Oscar. Anne Hathaway, Les Miserables, Oscar. Boom. <laughs> Alicia Vikander, the Danish girl, wins the Oscar. Boom. I think this is a case of a so-so trailer that's hinting at a great movie. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. The Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, Bizzlecast listeners, welcome back to The Bizzlecast. This is a Bizzlecast rapid reaction to the release of the Tomb Raider reboot trailer coming out March 16th, 2018, starring the amazing Alicia Vikander. With me today is the person that I would probably still be doing a rapid reaction about this, but I wouldn't be nearly excited, especially because I get to talk to her about it, and I know she's a huge fan of the franchise of Tomb Raider. That is Brick Girl. Brick Girl, welcome back to the Bizzlecast. Woo, I'm happy to be here. I thought I wouldn't blow out your microphones and go really loud. <laughs> no, chill entrance today. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. I got it covered on this end. Um, I'm glad you're enthusiastic. I'm glad you're excited. I'm excited. I, I think this is a case of a so-so trailer that's hinting at a great movie, which mm. it, 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 after following the Wonder Woman progression where there were like four trailers and they didn't nail it until the fourth trailer, um, I'm totally on board with. You don't want to give away too too much too early it's better to give the audience um you know uh, what they're used to to a certain degree with the first trailer so i want to talk a little bit about the movie do a little dissection of the trailer and then end on some predictions and just overall thoughts about vikander and, and this franchise and so forth but really quick how did you hear the trailer was coming out if it wasn't me? And then what was it like watching the trailer the first time and then on, on repeat viewings and just your general thoughts on the Tomb Raider 2018 trailer? Well, I, well, there was a snippet trailer kind of thing that came out. Um, and first, my friend Alistair from NovaStream, he uh-huh. tagged me in it. And then you tagged me in it. I got to meet Alistair, by the way. I mean, digitally. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's he's he's. We've got to talk like at DC or something. Maybe when uh, one of the Justice Leagues so or the next Marvel film, something comic book. There were some new Supergirl tra- uh, teasers released recently. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. Pilot with um, uh, just pilot season would be great. But um, yeah, you both tagged me in the the teaser trailer, <laughs> the little snippets. But nice. while I was at work, so I couldn't watch them. <laughs> so that was that was very. Yeah. Ah, you guys. You're seeing the square image with maybe <laughs> subtitles and you can't watch it. It's the worst. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, because I sort of like, if I'm going to watch this, I want to watch it properly, not on my phone with 4G, and I don't want to waste my 4G. Um, but also, um, I think I was scrolling through Instagram, and then all of a sudden it said the full trailer was out. I'm like, uh, it's out today. I've got to do a trailer reaction. <laughs> so that's that's actually what um, I was filming today. I filmed a trailer oh. reaction. I'm just about to start editing. Yeah. Well, I um, actually got all dressed up. I've sent you a picture through Facebook. Have a look. Um, just Very to get good. ready for this video. My mum couldn't have a serious conversation with me <laughs> at the time, which is great. You can cosplay with the best of them, Brittany. You'd be, you'd be very at home in Comic-Con and so forth. I actually, yeah, I'm going to Comic-Con this weekend. So I'm going to cover that event for Novastream. So that's a bit of a side note. But yeah, the, the thing I walked away from this trailer most of, and you'll hear this a lot that I'm saying in, the, in my trailer reaction is the tension i had a like when i played the 2013 tomb raider i swore a lot (laughs) because i'm playing this game i'm like someone's chasing me i gotta get through this cabin i've got something sticking out of my abdomen oh my goodness i'm gonna die 
that's pretty much the extent of what happened the whole way through that game. But I grew with her, and at the end, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get you, you annoying people. So that's the greatest thing about the game, and Mm -hmm. I feel like they're touching on that in the trailer. There's tension there. She's really getting brutally smacked around, oh, butt yeah. into like a butt of a gun in the in the back of her head. She's yeah. falling into this waterfall. Look, I'm just gonna say it. Between how she's treated, her personality, the way they're filming it, and the whole high sprout, I'm your dad from the past. I'm getting a very Jin Erso vibe from this whole thing, and which I'm thrilled mm-hmm. about, as you know, because I love Felicity Jones and Jin Erso. And by the way. The ready, the Eddie Redmayne special is you go in a movie with him and you win an Oscar. Anne Hathaway, Les Miserables, Oscar, boom. <laughs> Theory of Everything, yeah. Felicity Jones. She didn't win, but she was nominated and she was like, gonna, you know, she was right there. He won the Oscar, boom. Alicia Vikander, the Danish girl, wins the Oscar. Boom, just saying, my man crush, Eddie Redmayne. She is a super talented actress, is Alicia Vikander. I love how they just went for the best actress for this role and wasn't looking at anything particularly superficial. Obviously, she's beautiful. Mm. You know, that's Hollywood. And she looks so strong as well. You see her leaving the boat, and she's just got muscles across her back. And I was just like, girl... Well, do you remember when Gal was first was first uh, cast, and men and women were body shaming yeah. her for being too skinny and not built enough? Yeah, I'm so angry at myself because when Gal Gadot first was mentioned, I was just like, I'm not sure. Don't I be don't too hard like on yourself. Choice, blah, blah, blah. Don't be too but hard. But then, on like yourself. when when the information came out, obviously that she was part of the Israeli army, I was like, oh, maybe she can do this. Oh my god, she's got a bit of a yeah strength to her. But you definitely see the strength to um of the calendar in which we're gonna get back to i don't want to get too far in a wonder woman tangent here i just want to let you know that the movie finished at like 420 million dollars domestically which beat spider-man in every other origin movie ever by a lot <laughs> uh she also Bang. gave out the final award at the mtv video awards which is a, still a big deal here and she came mm-hmm. out in this very cute but like normal looking dress but she had the gauntlets on and she like did the thing with her arms and they had it on rolling stone it was awesome um and uh so so this is the perfect time for the tomb raider reboot and before we Mm. dive deep into the trailer let us talk about how ahead of its time both the tomb raider franchise video game and movie and angelina jolie were in the 90s Definitely, because that's that's one thing we were discussing off air is that, yes, so many people who didn't play the game, so like, oh my goodness, Lara Croft is so sexualized with her large breasts and stuff. But when I was growing up and my brother was playing the game and I was watching, this is back with uh, PlayStation 2, Mm. I was watching it and all I saw was an amazing adventurer. Like this lady was going into tombs. It was she was solving mysteries. She was beating up the bad guys. And that was fantastic. I didn't see her being sexualized. I just saw an amazing, you know, intelligence and, and adventure the story that was unfolding. And I saw that as well with Angelina Jolie's films. It's like with every gaming film, there's always going to be like some tension of people who like it and who don't. But it was exactly what I loved. Like, I don't, when, would it, when did it come out? It was like 2001. So I would have mm. been, a gee, I would have been yeah. seven. I would have been seven when the first one came out. And I loved it. Yep. It was so much fun. And like when she had the bungee cords and the harness and she was bouncing around her mansion, the best scene out of all the films. I loved it so much. And I think Angelina Jolie actually bucks the trend on this case in a lot of ways. I mean, almost no one of either gender would admit that she's not beautiful. And mm. you know, I know many women who have like a sexual thing for her legitimately, <laughs> even though they're... N- completely straight and normally yeah. like but she's like on their five you know like i have yeah i have numerous i'm not making this up i have numerous female friends who's on their five or ten is angelina jolie they're not even two girls but she's you know she's like a goddess you know the way she looks she's not like your normal sexualized female in hollywood yeah. in the 90s or the early 2000s i suppose but more than that, Britt, when that game came out, the first Tomb Raider on the computer, because in the 90s when, when I was gaming uh, initially, uh, computers had so much more processing power than consoles that you couldn't <laughs> do a game like Tomb Raider on a console until the PS2. That was the big switch. 
Um, but uh, and I was just sort of getting out of gaming at that point, but I was aware of the game and the reception. And it was one of the first 3D games that wasn't a shooter because. You know, these crazy, I'm not going to go into it. I'll do a podcast of this at some point, but like the crazy motherfuckers who created the first person shooter, Wolfenstein, Doom, and Quake, and oh. so forth in the early 90s. Yep. My name and. Yeah, uh, Romero and John Romero and John McCormack. There's an amazing book, people out there. I actually gave as a graduation present to one of my uh, students recently uh, because he's a big tech computer video game guy. A book called uh, Masters of Doom, and it's about how a bunch of like nerdy college dropouts who were abandoned by their families managed to find each other in Texas and invent the first person shooter and completely revolutionize computers and video games, drinking Diet Coke and not sleeping for like 96 hours at a time while they played video games they would recode all of mario just by watching it kind of thing like they were just totally insane yeah um but they did on the computer and tomb raider was one of the first completely immersive 3d environments before prince of persia and before a lot of those other games and so i think the long way around of saying that not only was the sexualization of the character not that big of a deal compared to how it was criticized then or even now, but it was just such a cool game, and it was the Indiana Jones game that was never made that we finally got that happened to not have Indiana Jones, right? The game for Indiana Jones? That just went way over my head. No, no, I'm saying. I'm saying we never got an Indiana Jones game. But like an archaeology, like mm. it, like action adventure with story and history oh, okay. and stuff. Like we never got yeah. that for Indiana Jones. And so a lot of ways like Tomb Raider filled that niche and has never mm. really given it up. And you know what's really funny though? In the yeah. world where um, women are getting so many... Um, reboots like uh, Ghostbusters to female and what's currently happening, which is a topic for another day. Um, the Lord of the Flies becoming a female reboot. Oh, that lovely little situation. Um, but it, like in gaming, like it looks like Nathan, Ga- Nathan Drake is the male recreation of Lara Croft. And it's really interesting. It's the other way around in this situation. Like it's not an exa- it's not an intentional recreation and he yeah. is his own character and it's his own story, but it's a, it's a suave archaeologist who gets involved with um, these secret organizations as they try to unravel the mysteries of the past yes. and therefore come to the proper realization that the past should kept, be kept buried or go into a museum. Mm-hmm. So, they're so parallel, so alike. And it's just, yeah, it's like the uh, female Ghostbusters remake, but the other way around. And, and when they did remake the Prince of Persia games in 3D, the originals uh, are so classic and famous from the 80s and 90s, the side-scrolling Prince of Persia games, but the 3D versions did not happen until after Tomb Raider. And, and Jordan Mechner, um, or Mechner uh, who, who's the creator of Prince of Persia franchise, has admitted how influenced he was by the Tomb Raider games when they finally went mm. 3D with Prince of Persia. Um, so, Brittany, I want to ask you, how much do you know about this movie? Uh, I'll save us a little time in saying there's very few famous actors and even fewer well-known writers or directors or so forth mm. involved in this. Now, Vikander is of Scandinavian descent herself, although I believe she grew up in the UK. Uh, she's Swedish, isn't he? She is Swedish, but did she did she grow up in Sweden? Oh, I don't know. Let me have a look. Um, she was born and raised in Gothenburg, Vasta Gotenlands, okay. in Sweden, okay. to Maria Fall Vakanda, an actress in stage, uh, stage and screen. There we go. That has been information with Brittany. That was great. <laughs> that was excellent reading. Hi, thank you. Yeah, you. You're welcome. And um, <laughs> uh, and and uh, Gotland, I think, is one of the Viking areas of Sweden, which I'm very interested in the Viking stuff. But um, I just realized, yeah, she's from the Man from Uncle. I recognize her now. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so you have seen her in a movie? Yeah. Sorry for cutting you off. No, that was just a light bulb moment. No. And uh, you know, I, I don't want to berate you on podcast, but you you absolutely must see Ex Machina, even if this movie were never happening, and even if she'd never had another role, because as the 
partially sexualized, partially desexualized uh, AI uh, Ava being played uh, played as my friend talks about on the podcast, like a ping pong ball between uh, Caleb, uh, who's an, a, a, a naive young uh, up and coming programmer, played by Don Hall Gleason and Oscar Isaac, who plays a very like evil Steve Jobs kind of thing. Um, uh, who plays Nathan, and she's in the middle trying to figure out her place in the world is unbelievable. I mean, you won't even recognize her physically uh, uh, or mm-hmm. otherwise. It's not that there's that many effects. It's just that it's, it's just that she's so different. But just you will see when you see that, that she can channel darkness in a very relatable way. And I think that the thing that will make this movie good is her being super three-dimensional, and like mm-hmm. Jen Erso, but more developed even here because it's her movie, you know, having a relatable dark side that she's sort of, you know, it's predictable that she overcomes, but it's still done in a convincing mm-hmm. fashion, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Because it's touched on in the games when you you start off as really just an adventurer uh, in the 2013 game wh- where you just, yeah, you, you find yourself uh, shipwrecked on an island by yourself and you really are pretty much just uh, like a college kid to use American terms instead of a uni, uni, uni <laughs> student. Um, and you're slowly finding your way through and you kind of start off by thinking, Oh, there's a person here. Will I kill them? Will I walk past them? What do I do? And then by the end of it, you've kind of, you've caught your stride and you really, you are shooting people, but it's a survival thing. So you've kind of gotten over the speed bump as well. So there's that question of good and evil as well in the games. And I think one of the things actually that the Prince of Persia games, uh, they decided not to completely rip off Tomb Raider is that the Prince of Persia puzzles, they looked a lot like parts of the trailer where she's like, you know, sliding under a chain Mm -hmm. and then jumping over it and then spikes come out and she moves. So you're chaining actions, basically, to avoid obstacles. In Prince of Persia, they would take that to a ridiculous degree, where you'd have to do it like a thousand times to overcome the obstacles. And it was like, you know, even with the, the, like the controllers weren't precise enough to guarantee it, even if you knew what you were doing or whatever. Mm -hmm. But Tomb Raider also retained that third person action stuff that we've seen in like Mass Effect and now in games like Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, Um, bless that game. Yeah. So when you look at a movie like this, knowing that there's been two movies there's been a bunch of video games including the tomb raider reboot which was three four years ago 2015 okay a couple years ago yeah so i played that game on my laptop and my laptop isn't doesn't have a processor good enough for games like that (laughs) so me trying to do the timed jumps with like a B B grade mouse and trying to like jump while this thing is like slightly delayed to when i'm pressing the buttons oh furious furious i can't even run world of warcraft on my computer it's so bad but um but um do you uh let me ask you this video game movies have not been uh, at least received well um Mm. the warcraft movie was mostly panned it made a lot of money overseas not much here i actually liked it Uh, it was very problematic i actually thought as a video games movie the warcraft movie was decent i didn't see assassin's creed which also has thematically some similar things to tomb raider from the video game standpoint climbing and jumping and so forth and puzzles yeah and puzzles that movie was even way less well received than warcraft um it's not been good. We have movies that are video gamey, like Valerian, which completely bombed. Um, this is a lot more gritty and realistic. This looks more like a Jason Bourne movie, which she was in the last Jason Bourne movie, which was actually not horrible. I mean, she was one of the better elements of a, a mediocre movie, uh, the most recent Jason Bourne movie. But it, it feels a little bit more like that. The my, and this will be my my main challenge, uh, which is that I. I I'm not worried about the video game aspect of this. I'm just concerned they don't make this a run-of-the-mill, round-the-world, Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise, you know, uh, mummy-style thriller. That's my main concern. Mm. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I think, well, the biggest concern I had walking away from it is the the graphics. They could have done something, um, because we can see how good real... I don't. I can't remember the word, and I was struggling with it, even with the, with doing my trailer reaction. You know how in um, 
Indiana Jones. Everything's yeah. like there. It's not CGI. It's not computer graphics. Right. So, and everything in that in that environment has come a long way. I mean, you look at those uh, those dinosaurs that people are creating now, and like How to Train Your Dragon, and people are making these. Um, mechanisms that are so lifelike and so amazing Mm -hmm. and it makes me wonder like i don't know if the cgi was the right choice but i know that because it's from a game then it's kind of like forgivable but i think it needs to visually pick up in that section with the crumbling tombs the spikes and all that yeah and i think um i let me say this let's get into the trailer to, to lead to the final segment um it was somewhat run of the mill trailer but it definitely did not feel cgi heavy which i thought was great really cuz i kind of i you was looking so? at uh leaping off the ship and in the in the um what's it called in the tomb those kind of yeah, yeah. i guess i don't even consider that like major cgi at this point cuz everyone does it like yeah, it's true. like <laughs> it's more like giant monsters and green screens and fake ships and stuff like that you know what i mean mm. that's that sticks out to me way 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 more um you know for example you know i mean everyone like it's fashionable now to say wonder woman was great but the final act sucked and the final villain battle sucked and i totally understand why people are saying that i probably would about most movies but i thought just in terms of from a technical standpoint on the relatively limited budget i thought Ares looked and acted great in that movie mm. i mean it looked better than mm. ultron or a, a lot of <laughs> marvel or dc i mean way better than doomsday the biggest thing about um dc here, uh, villains in the movies is that I, I don't know if it's because I'm more focused on DC or what, but I can list off every villain. I can name them from the DC films, but I can't do that for Marvel. I feel like the villains for Marvel have just come under par, but this is just on another topic. Well, again, this is 20 movies versus three thing, I think. There's yeah. been three or four DCU movies. There's been close to 20 Marvel ones. But you, you know who Ultron is. He's, he looked good, but he still looked like a robot. I thought Ares looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, the point being, you don't need a $250 million budget, which is good because I don't have the budget in front of me of this one. I don't know if they've released it yet. It's definitely not 250 I'd be shocked no. if it was over 150 which brings me to one of my final questions uh, because we want to keep it somewhat short, which is... Is that you know the director is from Norway, she's from Sweden, a bunch of the actors. I mean, this is like a European production with a lot of no names. So the question here mm. is: Does a combination of Alicia Vikander, the marketing, and the title do enough to get people into the seats for video game movies, which again have not been particularly good overall? Well, I think it will be because just the fact that the old movies had Angelina Jolie involved, I think that'll work for this production's um, in their favor. Mm. And I would love for Angelina Jolie just appear at the end if she can just, I don't know, just come out of nowhere. I think that'd be hilarious. I think um, she would totally go for it. But this is such yeah. a non-American production. That's my only yeah. concern. I mean, they filmed the whole thing in South Africa. Yeah, go ahead. I'm looking forward to films like this, though, because it's I've seen... Jennifer Lawrence in so many trailers and movie posters now that I'm just kind of sitting back and thinking, can we please just have someone new? Yes. I've seen these people in so many different films now yeah. that I kind of just want someone new. And I have a brother who's very, very good at acting, who's trying to make his way into the acting world. But the, the faces that people know are constantly being chosen. And yes, they're good at their job, but... Mm-hmm let's let's make films like this mm-hmm. that can you know make way for new actors that are the lesser known that are making their way up yeah. in the ranks i mean to answer my own question between the giant budget alicia vikander and the tomb raider name it, which do you think i am about to say is the most important thing in this whole equation Ooh, i'd be going between alicia or the name well you know me pretty well by now so i'm gonna go the name Alicia Vikander. Absolutely. Oh, you reckon the actress? I was actually saying Tomb Raider name. Oh. If she wows the audience like Gal Gadot did, that's that's it. We're talking about a mid-March release. This is not even close to May. So this isn't going to be threatened by Avengers. This is not going to be threatened Mm. by any major DC properties. It's not going to be threatened by the Han Solo movie. 
Uh, the only other major genre release this early in the year will be Deadpool 2, but that's, I think, is getting pushed back because of the tragedy that they had. Um, okay, what happened? They had a female motorcycle stuntist, the first ever african-american uh like vehicular motorcycle stunt lady died like in front of like a 500 people while filming a giant action scene yeah it's pretty horrifying i mean i didn't watch it but it sounds really horrifying yeah and so ryan reynolds and the crew were basically like i don't know if they were just saying it to be respectful i I don't know if they're actually delaying the movie so it's Mm. possible deadpool still does come out around that time but nevertheless it's a much different audience you're not going to take your six-year-old or eight-year-old to deadpool but you might to tomb raider yeah yeah, definitely. Now that sucks. A similar thing happened to um, oh, one of those horror films, um, Resident Evil. Yeah, the, but the lady, she didn't. The the stunt person didn't die in that situation. Gee, that that yeah. sucks. Yeah, I think she was like straight up killed in this. Um, nevertheless, Alicia Vikander, who's twenty eight, she's right in the the Jennifer Lawrence, Scarlett Johansson of a couple years ago, Natalie Portman of a couple years ago age. She is in that perfect mm-hmm. age. And She's got a bit she, of a Natalie Portman look as well. Yeah, ex- yeah. Well, which is funny because that's, that's a, a way p- actresses are j- judged in this country, actually. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, I- I'm proud of her because she's a sweet Jewish girl who went to Harvard, uh, and I like sort of know her extended family, but uh, though it's still at the same time. It's like, she looks a lot like Natalie Portman is like an important th- thing. Uh, v- Vikander does have a little bit of that, um, for sure. She doesn't look so swedish she definitely looks more mediterranean which i think works with the tomb raider persona um as well a little bit more but i think it's her charisma and as i was gonna say she should be thanking and showering her agent with gifts hitting up uh, ex machina the danish girl the man from uncle and jason Bourne in this in a three-year period is ridiculous wow yeah including an oscar um shout out to my boy eddie redmayne for showering oscars on his people and uh i'm sure it was very well deserved it's a very uncomfortable uh movie uh you know situation and uh, you know i'm not surprised that those two nailed it i'm sure i will watch it at some point because she's great and i'm a huge Eddie, a Redmayne fan but Ex Machina is really a revelation I mean it really goes to show that playing a complicated villain early in your career is actually I think a good career move whereas mm. if you play the superhero from day one you know I mean I don't think Daisy Ridley's gonna have this problem because she's Daisy Ridley and she's already showing some dark sides to her or whatever but like you know what I mean like Harrison Ford has always played Harrison Ford like Harrison Ford has never not played Harrison Ford whether it's that's very true whether it's Jack Ryan Patriot Games or Indiana Jones or Han Solo or the old Han Solo dead Han Solo he's always playing the same character mm-hmm. and, and God bless him for it I think playing a, a complicated uh, you know kind of side character early on is very helpful here so i have very high hopes for this assuming she gets the material and my concern is i always look at the screenplay writers the writers of the script the directors and the producers and i gotta tell you brett maybe we'll research this and come back to it when we get closer to the movie because i want to get your final thoughts here um but I don't know anyone involved. I mean, her dad, it looks, is being played by Dominic West, who played McNulty in The Wire, who I love, but I didn't recognize at all in this role. Uh, But otherwise, it's a completely unknown cast that I've never heard of. I'm just going Mm. down the names. And, you know, I know, like, voice actors and stuff like that. You know, I spend a lot of time on this stuff. The writers are... It's a, it's a, a lady named, I think, Geneva Robertson Dwaret and Toby Gard. I'm going to get you to click on her name because I have her IMDb page open. Please just click on her name and look at the titles she is writing. Uh, oh, she's writing Captain Marvel? Next one over. Uh, and then the next one over. There, by the way, there's like seven writers in Captain Marvel. Gotham City Sirens. Yeah! Uh, interesting so where did she come from where did she come from i don't know 
She just wow. all of a sudden got like heaps, heaps of different films to she be must, writing. You know what? I bet she's a comic book writer. I bet she writes comic books and, oh. scre- and, and indie screenplays. And they were like, yep, she's the one. Because you don't oh, write God. Dungeons and Dragons, Gotham City Sirens, Tomb Raider, and Captain Marvel and not have like a comic book, uh, like hardcore mm-hmm. writing background. So, okay. And I take Tomb that Raider back. does have a comic yes. book. Yes. Very. Yeah. Oh, oh, it has an actual comic book? Yeah, yeah, it has a comic oh. book. I've even oh. it even has a novel. I've read the novel. The novel wasn't. I that knew great. about the novel. I haven't read it. But what's the deal with the comic book? Are they doing new ones? Or they did it back then? No, no. It well, uh, ooh, I think it's pretty recent. Like, I think it's still going. Well, it doesn't. I mean, a comic book like that doesn't just go, go, go. They probably had one, and then maybe they brought it back. Well, we'll, we'll research that going forward. Uh, I did not mm. know that about the. Um, the writer, though, um, I mean, the Captain Marvel thing, uh, there's a ton of writing credits, but that overall, that resume is excellent. Okay, so I don't mm-hmm. know who this guy Toby is. Oh, he's from the video game side. You know what this means? That they might actually get a good story. <laughs> yes. It also means she's the writer. Yep, there it is. Screen- screenplay. She's like the, the top writer. Yeah, well, she it looks like she's got a... Uh... It's his character. She's writing the screenplay straight up. But it just looks like she's got a lot of, uh, I mean, to to have three very big, uh, like, fiction kind of superhero adventure names, like Captain Marvel, Tomb Raider, and Gotham City Sirens, to have those names attached to her name, three very big female characters that are going to be coming into the film industry, that must mean she's pretty damn good. So yeah, that's yeah. just given me pretty high hopes, oh. and I don't usually like having high hopes because I get yes. very easily disappointed. Well, but I'm excited for her. Let us just all be thankful that one of those future credits does not say Batgirl 2018 or 2019 because you would be losing your <laughs> shit Sweden. right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You would need to buy like a new headset. Your sound gear would explode. But that's why it kind of got very excited because yeah. Batgirl's generally involved with Gotham City Sirens. So, so let, me, let me run this idea by you because I was talking about this with my dad about how J.J. Abrams did the first Star Wars movie and then Ryan Johnson, who has done movies, but is best known for his Breaking Bad television work. And now mm-hmm. they're bringing J.J. back, who, although he's directed some great movies, is still best known for his television work. And wondering with these multi-movie franchises, whether having TV experience actually helps having the episodic experience. And that's why we're seeing a writer like this in mm-hmm. multiple franchises. She knows how to write for the third Sherlock Holmes movie, the first Captain Marvel movie, the first Tomb Raider movie, and she'll probably write in the middle for those comic book writers are great at this fantasy and science fiction writers are great at this right because that's their that's their whole thing so i'm looking at gotham city sirens brett you know me i like to end podcasts on random no but this isn't that random (laughs) because we always talk about it and what i would like to see dc do different than marvel is have a writer's room the way disney um i'm sorry a star wars does a Mm. story group a unified group of like a dozen creative people who are directors, producers, thinkers, writers, musicians, artists, and so forth, sit around and help sculpt the DC cinematic universe. So there is cross-pollination. So you have someone like this who seems so talented working on a number of properties, not just one-offing it, or you're going to be our Iron Man guy. Does that make sense? Yeah, I see what you're saying. And I think that comes across with... um I can't remember who who said this from the DC, you know, um, section who's running the films and stuff. They had said that they wanted to have the DC uh, movie universe as if it's a sandpit and the directors all work within that. They right. can do whatever they want in the sandpit, yeah. but they have to just use the sand, if that makes sense as a good analogy. But someone's got to um, make the and, pit and put the sand in there and put it, you know, and that's, yeah. that's, that would and, be the writer's group. Sorry, go ahead. Mm. And it feels like um, – I almost feel like it's a lot more freedom than what Marvel has in that in Patty Jenkins could go off and make the film that she wanted to make. And that's going to create a discord between all the films, and that is disappointing. But at the same time, it's nice. We're going to get different things. Like Wonder Woman is mm. so different from Suicide Squad, and then yeah. Suicide Squad is so different from Man of Steel. So although these are happening in the same universe, we are getting different films. And I kind of like that. As a universe as a whole, it, it's not quite working. And I think that's what Marvel has the upper hand for. But Clearly. yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting like, point <laughs> of distinguish. Distinguish. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. E- even you're excited for Thor. I'm, I know you say you don't like Marvel or Minecraft Thor, <gasps> but you are excited for Thor. I know. I think you everyone's are. excited yeah. for Thor. <laughs> I think Thor Ragnarok is going to make more money than Captain America Civil War. I think Thor Ragnarok is going to make $1.2 billion. I think Justice League is going to make Wonder Woman eight hundred nine hundred million, which is still great. Maybe a little more mm. because it's you know, <laughs> Wonder Woman was a very American and a sort of Anglophile yeah. sensation overall. People are only going to see Justice League for Wonder Woman. I'm going to say it now. A lot of like the general. But public that's what I'm saying. I like, love this yeah. sandbox idea, Britt. But let's be honest. Do you remember, like, as soon as Wonder Woman 1 came out and people were raving, they were like, oh, we promised the next one. They said, we promised we have Patty and we promised the next one's going to be in the present. And then all of a sudden the narrative changed to, oh, we don't have Patty and we think we're going to put it in the 80s. <laughs> and then yeah, they confirmed I think that they're going to put it in the 80s and then they yeah. got Patty and it's because oh, Patty yeah. Jenkins is better than what DC has right now elsewhere. That's the bottom yeah. line. Patty Jenkins yeah. is just better. She has Jeff yeah. Johns, who's an amazing comic book writer, and her and Jeff Johns are going to write a ridiculously sick Wonder Woman script. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if like it would be really interesting because they were very stuck in one time period in in the World War uh, One, but it would be very was it World War One? I? I think it was World War One. Yep. It'd be very interesting if um, if they had a story that actually went across a few decades. No, don't tease me. I love time travel. No, well, it's not time travel. It's like well, she, her, Diana yes. is yeah. immortal. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, From our so. perspective, it's time travel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But not it's like she's actually hers. lived through all these years. And it's also oh, heartbreaking because, oh my goodness, we'll see no, we Anna are. Candy like, grow no, we are. and that's die. The thing. Here's what I think is going to happen. Here's the, it's going to be set in the 80s, but mm-hmm. there's going to be extensive flash forwards into the current DCEU situation. And there's like the very beginning and end of Wonder Woman. We're going to have more of that with Batman and so forth or whoever. And we're also going to have extensive flashbacks to Steve Trevor and Etta Candy and the Muscaria. People love those things about Wonder Woman as mm-hmm. much as they love Gal. And so they have to work it in. And so flashbacks is the best um, is, is the best way to do it, you know? And the thing is, it can be so effective, you know? I, I think, you know, again, like with Rogue One, pe- the thing people either really like about Rogue One or they really don't like is that they sold the backstory of the main character with very little screen time and exposition and so mm-hmm. you either bought into it or you did it and so with tomb raider um i'm you know i'm hoping that that's what they're gonna do that they're setting up this father-daughter story or whatever um and not linger on it but make it meaningful you know and and, and complicated mm-hmm. and so forth but yeah basically what i was saying is i i want to see dc and marvel do what disney is doing uh, Marvel has less of an excuse because they're in Star Wars with Disney, yeah. um, but uh, you know, but their methods seem to be working, as we've both pointed out extensively. DC, I would like to see that. Um, but me and my dad, I mean, just as a comparison, and let me tell you, I think Tomb Raider is going to get way better reviewed and way more people see it, the movie that I'm about to say, but because we were bored and we like to see movies like this, me and my dad saw the Dark Tower movie this summer. And it oh, okay. was just extremely mediocre. It was not horrible, but it was not good at all. And it was a property that people love and tons of people have read. And Stephen King, you know, his book, It, is a giant yeah. movie se- se- sensation. But his sci-fi epic with Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey couldn't get any traction because it wasn't well done, even though it was a good franchise and a famous author. That's my concern here. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I've been hearing, like, Stephen King has been coming up so often recently. It's just, like, I, I, I've, like, never read any of his stuff. And it's, oh, yeah. like, it's, it's come up. I had to review The Mist and now, like, The Dark Tower. And it's, yeah. like, I've gone for, like, 20-odd years not having anything to do with any of his works. And all of a sudden, everything is coming up. And I'm, like, okay, yeah. what? <laughs> Well, and, and this will be this will be my final thought, and I'll give you your final thought. 
about Tomb Raider to loop it back is I think if it's well written, which it looks like it's going to be, and well acted, which I'm sure it will be by the main character, she's going to act the shit out of this role. Mm. She's that perfect age, man or woman, late 20s, exactly where you want to be taking on a role like this. But I hope, I hope and pray that the studio behind this has a long term plan for this and isn't just doing a quick cash grab because it will ruin, not ruin, but it will harm them. It will harm her a tiny bit, but it'll harm them more at the studio mm. you know I, I just hope that they have like i said it doesn't have to be an entire story group in terms of tomb raider but understands the importance of the franchise right i mean it's yeah. and it's it is on her shoulders to a certain degree but the reason uh and this is where i was getting into my final plan the reason i think this is going to make money if it's good is the following the second Avengers movie made $1.4 billion, okay? The first Avengers movie made $1.5 billion. Jurassic World, the mediocre Jurassic re- uh, Park reboot from two years ago, made $1.6 billion. So that tells me people love nostalgia, Jurassic Park, yeah. and dinosaurs. But two of those things... Uh, still basically apply with Tomb Raider. People love Indiana Jones and Tomb Raider and those types of movies and those types of franchises and are yeah. hungering for it. And so I don't think it's going to make a billion and a half dollars, but I do think it could make five to six hundred million worldwide, which would be a ginormous success. So those are my thoughts. Um, I didn't. We didn't really talk a ton about the trailer. So uh, <laughs> you can, way off track. Yeah. Well, it's it's on and off. So I, I, yeah. I, I, this doesn't have to be your final thought. I want you to talk here for a little bit, but just tell us a, a couple impressions impressions from the trailer that 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 stood out at you or if there were none you can you know that can be another point yeah well i will definitely from the start i talk about the intensity of the trailer and i did feel that when she's leaping off the boat but that's mostly because like being on a boat and having a giant wave just wash me um (laughs) to the ocean is a big fear of mine so that's probably why i felt the intensity there um i love it's just the actions looks like there's a lot of action looks like it's going to be quite yeah with her running i'm saying intense a lot but that's really the best word for it Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have um a try at some predictions though i'm gonna say the the old man and actually i'm gonna say the old woman at the very start talking to uh, lara in the business room i think she's going to be a part of trinity i think she's gonna um kind of be manipulated by her as if she's the good guy and then Lara's going to go through and she's pretty much going to find her way to this whatever the thing is that she needs to find archaeology wise um and then at the end she's going to be double crossed by this woman who's going to come out and say haha you've been working for me all along and at the very end where that amazing British actor who's in hot fuzz and I can't remember his name I think that is her returning to London being like hell no grab some guns and it's going to just go go walk into the Lara Croft building and be like, this isn't okay. This is my building. I win. Give me that artifact back. That's just my prediction. I do now going back to looking at the game sections, like her walking on that plane is exactly straight from the game. Falling into the river, straight from the game. Washed off a boat, again, straight from the game. So they are taking so many cues from the 2013, 2015 games that I am very happy and very proud because it looks like they're looking at the, the uh, base material and they they really are just, you know, feeding from that and creating really good, uh, really accurate visuals and stuff, especially with the dual pistols at the very end. So uh, I'll ask a very uncomfortable question, which is, Uh-oh. I, you know, I, I don't think sexuality played as significant a reason for its success in the beginning, and I don't think it will now. Do you, however, think that there is some... You know, to some studio uh, female uh, objectification going on here at all. I don't. Absolutely not. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's just been like, no, there's nothing. There's none here whatsoever. Yeah, she's totally yeah. in control. Is th- I mean, she's just yeah. the main character. This is this is what Daisy Ridley did. Honestly, historians are going to look back at Ray and say Ray was the first modern female action star. Where. She's both female and an action star, but the reason we love them has nothing to do with either of those reasons. We love them because yeah. they're awesome people and they're so interesting and, they're really and good funny at it. and cool and they're good at what they're doing. 
And I, I was impressed with how they weren't dialing down that she's a pretty girl, but they also were just letting her let loose, you know? I mean, I'm just looking at photos here on IMDb, and it's just like, yeah, she just looks like the modern, semi-Amazonian female version of Indiana Jones kind of thing. Yeah. Which is what they were going for from the beginning. And she rides a bicycle. <laughs> and she rides a bicycle. Okay. With a foxtail on the back, apparently. It, yeah, it is very stylish. It's very stylish. So, okay, all right, Bray. Well, I'm going to let you go because I know you got a lot going on. Um, really quickly, again, and I'll post this on the copy, uh, your reaction video is where? So that is on my YouTube channel on the Brit Girl site. Uh, there should be a link along line in the descriptions of this of podcast. I will be covering the uh, Brisbane Comic Con this weekend. So I'll be trying to get a video out for that as well. But that'll be for the Nova Stream Network. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, yeah, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the uh, the name at NovaStreamAU. Um, but they are also on YouTube as well. So just go ahead and search Nova Stream. You'll find some more videos there too. Excellent. Excellent. Um, okay. And so final last question. What are you more excited about right now? Uh, Thor, Ragnarok, or uh, the Justice League Part 1? Oh, Thor. I know. I, mean, I, feel, I feel the same way and that's how I express it in my head too. I, I want to be about Justice League, but I'm just not. Yeah. I'm like betraying DC. <laughs> no. It's just a shame. It sucks to have to have two directors. I mean, I don't know. We'll see with Han Solo, though. Like, I feel good that Ron yeah. Howard's going to save the Han Solo movie, and that would be three directors, but um, I don't know if Joss can can save in a way that fits his own vision what Zack Snyder's vision is, is the best way I mm. could say that. They, are, they do look to be very different directors and writers. Yes, and the bigger problem is... Thor, Loki, uh, Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner slash the Hulk. I think Tessa Thompson, certainly Kate Blanchett. We have a lot of known both talent and characters and actors we know are important going forward in these stories. Thor is the opening, really the opening chapter of uh, Infinity War because we know, mm. spoiler alert, guys, if you don't want to know anything about Infinity War, turn off this is the first two seconds of the movie turn off right now thank you for listening is thor in space bumping into the milano the guardian ship and yeah. rocket being like get him off here get him off here and they pull him in and thor wakes up and he they talk about the infinity stones and they head to earth i think is what happens right uh and so you know again this is marvel setting up but yeah no go ahead is the whole film just thor telling them what happened to him on that war world that's what I would do. And knowing Taika Waititi, yeah. that is certainly what he would do. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think that we might even, they might even start the movie with that, which would be so uh, transgressive by the studio mm -hmm. to have lied to the Comic-Con public and said, yeah, this is the opening to Infinity War. I'd be like, nope, it's the opening and ending to Thor, you know? Yeah. It would be great. Um, and this is why I think this is the big test for Marvel and why I'm more excited for Thor. I'm not just more excited because it's Thor Ragnarok, which is the Thor movie, the Marvel movie I've been really waiting for for a long time, but because between uh, this man, Taika Waititi, who's directing, and Ryan Coogler, who directed Fruitvale Station, and, and uh, Creed, who's directing Black Panther, with that incredible cast in, in February, that will let us know if Marvel's actually letting them in the sandbox as you were saying before mm. right and if if suddenly we have young diverse directors in marvel playing in a sandbox then dc is under a lot of pressure yeah like yeah it's lot. unfortunate but hey i mean in the at the end of the day but they have wonder woman at the yeah they have wonder woman but they can't win they signed patty jenkins i'm sorry they signed patty jenkins and they announced the movie and they think they're announcing it against nothing because Star Wars is in May of 2019. And the very next day, after firing Colin Trevorrow, Star Wars hires J.J. Abrams to do the ninth movie and move the date like five days from Wonder Woman <laughs> in 2019. <laughs> I just feel so bad. They can't win anything, you know? I think I they'll move it. I feel it. like yeah, move this it. feud is very much Katy Perry, Taylor Swift. <laughs> but um, who's who? Who's who? 
I want to. Well, unfortunately, I think Marvel would be Taylor Swift. <laughs> yes. Katy Perry. Although I'm more of a Taylor Swift gal, so. Taylor Swift's got the squad, baby. She does. It's such a stupid. <laughs> the Swift squad. <sighs> but you like Kelly Steinfeld. We both like Kelly Steinfeld. Although Kelly Steinfeld claims that she's not in the squad, actually. She can. She can. Yeah, she wins. Yeah. <laughs> I don't right, know who she can be, but she can win. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Promise final question. CW this fall, wh- where is your enthusiasm level from 1 to 10? Because I got to admit, I'm at like a 2.3, and I'm only there really? because of Supergirl, thinking it might might be good. But television mm-hmm. across the board, including Netflix, has been disappointing me. So I- I'm being mm-hmm. overly cynical here. Maybe a 3.3. I'm actually I'm pretty excited. Okay. I think Arrow's going to come into a strong season because um, I, I, so. I know. Well, this is I'm comparing it. I'm comparing it to so. season four, though. It's strong in comparison. Um, Flash looks like it's going to be try, trying. See, this is this is the big. This is actually going to extend this show a little bit more. <laughs> but when Arrow tried to be Flash, it failed. Yeah. And now Flash is trying, trying to be, be Arrow. Arrow and it's, it's going to fail. I know, it's so terrible. Supergirl is just going to be being itself and yeah. it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. I know. I know. And that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Supergirl is going to be great. Um, I saw they had to recast the young versions of her and Alex, which whatever i don't know what i mean it's amazing that even made the news to be honest yeah i wasn't even looking that closely yeah the young version of um of kara was actually in a series of unfortunate events mm-hmm. yeah she was the lead character there well my favorite actually uh, the the unsung heroes of the jessica jones series are young jess and young trish from episode i think 11 mostly where mm-hmm. that's like the jess trish episode where they're bonding like two episodes before the end of the whole thing and reliving the early days when the crash happens and she's in the hospital and the girl i mean she sort of looks like jessica she has a similar vibe but the trish girl looks just like trish i mean it's crazy mm-hmm. and as you you know as we talked about th- you know picks up part of the toilet and throws it against the wall and threatens the mom and everything yeah so you know so the child acting thing is is important and i think you know i think the reason that alex uh cara works for me is for the same reason that for me jess and trish work and it's going to continue to work better i love those types of sibling relationships you know where it's not you're not actual siblings but you're you're Mm -hmm. you're closer because of it so i'm excited uh i saw grant gustin with the beard he looked really weird <laughs> the beard look weird <laughs> beard look weird and Stephen amell that guy i don't know <laughs> i don't know what's going on behind those eyes you know <laughs> it's like <laughs> is it mystery or just nothing um but i respect him i respect him but um yeah all right, so we'll have you back on for the CW. I think it starts in early October. If it's any good, we'll, we'll maybe do some CW talk in the fall and preview the Wonder Woman and Thor Ragnarok. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, oh, good. So overall, two thumbs up t- for Tomb Raider, just in terms of how you feel about it going forward? Yeah, two, th- two thumbs up. I'm, awesome. I'm excited for it. Awesome. Yeah. As am I, we'll continue to track it. Thanks for being on, Britt, and we are out.